We are live. Welcome back to Coffee with Craner. And today I have a very exciting episode. I'm here with Christian Saab, a good friend of mine, one of the most high energy people that I know. Uh, Dude, <laughs> I, I walked into here today and he that. was very fired up. Um, <laughs> but just to give you a little bit of a background, he's the founder and president of CPG Recruitment Incorporated. You'll see it right behind me here. We're in their beautiful office on, what street is this? Wyandotte and Lausanne. Wyandotte and Lausanne. Uh, prior to this, he was also a mechanical engineer um, at Stellantis, or formerly known as FCA. And uh, you left that. You started a uh, mobile detailing business. Mobile detailing business. Yeah. You also created GoPack Dashboard as yes. well. That was an adventure as well. And now so, we're here. And now it all led yes. to here. So and that's yep. where we're going to start the conversation off is how did you start this recruitment industry, this recruitment firm? What led you to to do all of this we're sitting in this building right now why are we here so the the story i i didn't grow up in windsor grew up in mississauga um family of immigrants came here when i was eight years old landed there went to ryerson university and um graduated with a mechanical engineering degree and fca at the time hires me as an engineer at the windsor assembly plant right out of school so I'm living the uh, the Middle Eastern family's dream of we came to this country and uh, we put our kid through to get a good degree and now he's going to go work for a big company. And that was the dream that was sold to my parents mm -hmm. when they were coming here and it was accomplished, came here and everyone was happy and I was happy. And that was kind of the, the tunnel vision path that was given to me growing up. I wasn't allowed playing sports, which drove me crazy because I'm very athletic. Um, I wasn't allowed being on sports team. It was always come home, do your homework. And that's always priority number one. And, uh, to essentially get me to working at a big fancy company. Mm. And so I did. And along the way, about two years in, I realized something was missing. Um, I realized that I looked around me and, and it just, it felt that there was, it felt that there was a, a lot of dreams that were bashed dreams that were destroyed from a comfortable job. The, the, the comfort was sold to them. Security was sold to them. And a lot of people that I saw that through conversation, this is many conversations through those years where, you know, people say, when well, no, I wished that I could have done this, I've always wanted to do this, but now I've got this job and the family and the house and it's comfortable mm -hmm. and it's safe. And, you know, to me as a 22 year old, 23, 24, that time frame there, I didn't have kids. I didn't have, uh, I didn't need stability or comfort. I wanted, there was, there was something that I just saw. I'm like, you know what? I have a chance to go and take a swing at something too. If I wanted to dream about something, I have the chance now to do it better than if I was 55 years old with kids in a house and yeah. a family. So I saw that the odds were in my favor to take a swing at something. So, um, I didn't, I never factored in. Um, I never thought, you know, through high school or university that business was going to be the path for me. And it never even crossed my mind. It was just always that path of let's go become an engineer. But I came across the idea of, well, why don't we start a business? But it's like, well, which one? So I thought, well, why not do the easiest thing on the planet is wash cars. I grew up, my dad was a mechanic by trade. I grew up in the shop washing and cleaning cars my whole life and building cars as well. And uh, 
said, you know what, why, why not take a swing at it? And it all started with one day, it was March. I remember the day, it was March 17th. It was a warm, first warm spring wave. And I was sitting there um, on my couch and I was looking. I said, I had a small boat and a, and a car in the driveway and I was too tired to go in my driveway and just clean it. So I said, I, don't, I wonder if there's anybody that can come to my driveway to clean those cars. And long story short, I couldn't find anybody. So I said, well, that's going to be my first business. Let's go. Short in the story, I ran that business was a plan to get out of Chrysler and work on it for five years, automate it and sell it. I said to myself, if I could do that with a car wash, I could do that with anything. So it took me four months to prove to myself that I could quit Chrysler. So I quit. I was making, you know, just just under a hundred grand a year. And I was able to quit to just go wash people's cars. My mom was heartbroken. <laughs> for two years, she would lie to her friends, tell her he's an engineer at Chrysler. She wouldn't tell her I was washing people's, she wouldn't tell her friends that I was washing people's cars for a living. So it's that Middle Eastern pride, I guess. But um, so anyways, I learned, that's where I learned business because who were my customers? My customers were, 70% of them were business owners. My service wasn't cheap. It was, you know, $150 will come to you and clean your car inside and out. In some cases, 250 so the clientele that I had, I'd show up to a business and I'd meet a guy who owns a landscaping company or an insurance firm or mortgages or whatever. And that's where I got a chance to speak with someone firsthand on learning about business and their business specifically. But along that way, over that three, four year journey, I learned that the biggest headache every business owner has is employees. Every time, because I was always curious, I'd always ask them, um, you know, like I'd show up to a beautiful place. I'm 24 years old. I see a big house that I dream to have one day. I'm washing a Ferrari. I'm mm -hmm. doing something. And it's like, and instead of asking a silly question of, hey, what do you do for a living? It's, I'd ask them, I'd say to them, you know, what industry are you in? They'd tell me the industry. I'd say, well, what attracted you to that industry? And they'd tell me, you know, how'd you get started with it? And they'd, they'd tell me. And then I'd ask them, what's a nightmare in your industry? What's something that's like the ugly of your industry that keeps you up at night? And everyone always had a unique answer of, this is my industry, this is how I got into it. But after two years, three years of asking that question, everyone kept coming back in some way, shape or form. They were saying, we can't find people and we can't keep people. And after hearing that for so long, I'm like, well, every business has this problem. I'm like if I got good at find, fixing this problem, mm -hmm. I'll never run out of work. And it was always something that I casually did. You know, when, when I was working at Chrysler, I brought seven of my friends that I went to school with and I got them jobs at Chrysler while I was there. And it was something that resonated with me. So that's, that's what opened up my mind to the recruitment world. Yeah. And uh, that's, that was the path it took from being an engineer to washing a bunch of entrepreneurs' cars and doing very similarly what you're doing. You're, you're putting yourself in place through this podcast to meet business owners and learn about them. In a couple of years, you may pick up on a pattern of what mm -hmm. is the common problem of business owners that you keep meeting. My method was washing their cars or their boat. And, and it led me to this. And here we are now. I've been running this business for about four years and not, not turning back. That's the one for the rest of my life. Yeah. No, what resonates with me with what you just said is really like you are who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And you learn from like if you're, if you're the smartest in the room, one, you're in the wrong room. Yep. And by like what exactly what you did, you're, you're pulling um, tidbits of information from each of these people like I do with my show to yep. learn about their experiences, learn about their failures, learn about their uh, struggles, like you mentioned, yep. with uh, employees. That's very, very fascinating. Um, and I, I want to 
move a little bit forward to CPG today. Mm-hmm. This is uh, when I came in here. Um, there's you can see you can't see it, but it's to my right. Is there's a wall of uh, employees. Yeah. You started this company not too long ago. Three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago, but this yeah. is the, your your um, in person location mm-hmm. opened up February of February. Yep. Right. So you're growing your team, which is fantastic yeah. to see creating jobs yeah. in the community. Um, what is your firm's specialty or would you say your, your niche compared to other recruiting firms? So there's to educate people on my industry. There's two types of, of, of firms out there. There's a recruitment firm mm-hmm. and there's a staffing firm. Most people bucket that together. They think it's the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. But there's staffing the type where, we think temp agency contract staffing um, that that is essentially when the employee, the person getting the job is actually employed by the staffing company and the staffing company is essentially lending or contracting that employee to the company that needs the bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, companies would use that service when, for example, from a liability perspective. So let's say companies, they want, almost like an insurance policy. They want to hire 30 people that if they need to get rid of them right away, they could instead of they wouldn't be firing them because they're not their employee. They would just call the staffing agent and say, I don't need these 20 people anymore. I needed them for three months and that was it. You know, that's that type of service. You know, you'll see something like on the bridge project or the new battery plant that's coming. Like staffing agencies are going to be really involved there because companies that are coming from all around North America to contribute to here, they could only bring their top, top talent, but they can't bring their labor force. So staffing companies come in handy there where they're essentially borrowing staff. Um, and if that staff is good, then eventually they could convert them to being a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. Now what I do, my customers call me um, when they are looking for talent that they must have in their company and they are willing to hire, employ them from day one. They want to build their team. Not through you. Like Not, they, they, this is, they will call me saying I need specific talent that they are more than happy to hire them on their books. So for myself, I don't have any employees on my payroll that I'm contracting to someone. Yeah. Companies pay me when they need help finding the right person. And that right person could be a forklift driver, a general laborer. Maybe it's a, a company that has 30 employees and they need the key, key skilled people that they need help with. Maybe they need a bookkeeper or or an engineer or um, whatever trade we've done everything from, you know, $15 an hour employees. Like we do, um, you know, a bunch of the pizza shops around here. They need high school students to keep their customer service done. We do as, as low of a position as that all the way up to, you know, an executive. And the, the tone of the conversation is the business owner is calling us saying, I need the right people here and I'm going to pay you for the work to do that. Um, both models are needed. There's a time and place for both. Um, you know, you don't come to me if you need 300 employees in the next month. I'm not that person. That's yep. where you can go to an express or a job shop or, or they're the ones that are very good at that. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at finding something special in a way. It yep. takes a different finesse, different strategy. Yes. No, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's an interesting approach because I got the mixed up to begin with you know yeah. what I mean? staffing versus recruitment for yep. no doubt. Um, there was a question that came into the comments that I wanted to uh, mm-hmm. ask. It's from Dar Sleeth Poirier. I believe I pronounced that correctly. If it's incorrect, my mm-hmm. apologies. Uh, but Dar is asking, 
if someone is looking to transition into a new career, what would be your best advice? So I've done it twice now, going from an engineer at Chrysler to the mobile detailing business and then going from the mobile detailing business to this. Um, my advice is baby steps. Every time I did it, you know, a lot of people associate shifting careers or starting a business as a risk when there's a way of doing it without being too risky. So for example, when I was transitioning from an engineer to car wash, well, I said to myself, I said, I need a business where it's under my hours so I can work throughout the day in my day job. And then I have time at night to build up this business until I build it up that I have confidence in it. Then you can make the leap, but you don't need to just drop something and chase after an idea that you're not hundred percent on. And it was the same thing. At one point in time, I was running the detailing business and this for about a year. So what about for those employees that are going from, um, either hourly or salary, yep. uh, salary to another hourly or sal salary job, shifting, shifting careers or changing jobs. I would say the, the biggest thing that I, was, I would ask, and this is part of our interview process with, um, when we meet with candidates is we ask them, what are you trying to accomplish personally? First of all, ask yourself, why do you want to make that change? Because I'll tell you the number one reason why someone quits their job and leaves no, no matter what, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you are an employee, is that job or career path isn't giving you full satisfaction personally. If you're not able to, if you're deprived of something in your personal life, that means your job is not giving it for you. It means whether you're not making enough money or maybe you are making enough money, but you're not giving enough time to live your life. Whatever that reason is, there's an element of, of something in your personal life is missing, which that's kind of the rear side. I'm big on psychology and that's the what's happening in the background of people's minds is that they're not happy in their personal life. They blame it on their job. So my, my, the biggest advice I can give to someone, the biggest advice I can give to someone is find out what you want personally, and then ask, learn about the job and see if, will it give you the results personally? So if you're someone who does a big commute all the time, you don't want to commute anymore. Well, you make sure the next job that you get doesn't, involve commuting or whatever it may be. I'm just kind of giving a small example, but yeah. it all comes down to what do you want personally? And you could accomplish anything. Yeah. And once you have the confidence that that career path will give you what you want personally, you're going to be fulfilled. You're mm -hmm. going to be happy and you're going to stay at that place for a long time. And for you, what were the things you wanted personally when you made that switch? Myself personally, I wanted five things. One is um, because everything that I've done personally, I've implemented in this, like it's all, everything's all connected. I'm, weird that way. So myself personally, I didn't want to be trapped to a city. I didn't want to be stuck in one physical place. I wanted to be able to leave anytime and still be able to work vice versa. I wanted to be able to get customers anywhere in the world as well. I didn't want to have a geographical limitation. Um, the next thing is I didn't want, I wanted to be providing a service or fixing a problem. That's a necessity. I didn't want to sell luxury. I didn't want it to be a nice to have whatever I was involved in. I wanted someone to come to me and say, Christian, I need your help. I need this. Mm -hmm. It's my, my detailing business was a luxury. It was a nice to have your car cleaned yeah. in your driveway, but it wasn't a necessity. Yeah. It was right? a service. It was a service. Whereas I wanted to deal the way I transact with something with a necessity because then it gives me an element of a recession proof business. Um, and then personally, you know, I, I wanted to deal with, 
I wanted a high ticket item. I didn't want to sell something for $50. I wanted to sell something for with big value, thousands of dollars, because that means it's a different type of customer. A customer spending $100 is different than a customer spending 10, 15, 20, 30,000, whatever it is, right? Because now you're having different conversations. You're solving different problems. There's a lifestyle that comes with that. So um, for me, those were, because then it surrounds, like you said, it's, it surrounds me with better people than me. Mm -hmm. Most of my customers are businesses that I dream to have one day. And that's who I'm surrounded by all the time. Right. That's why I wanted to be in a high ticket item because then I have those customers that are bigger than me. And it's, it was just more of a positioning thing for me. Right. And I enjoy it that way. Right. Um, so, but I would say I really spent about two years of my life while I was running the detailing business, really asking myself, what did I want my day to day to be like? How did I, what time did I want to wake up? What time did I want to go to bed? How flexible did I want my lifestyle to be? How many people did I want to work with? you know, what types of people do we want to work with? And, um, you know, is it important for me to be able to get out of the office in the middle of the day and go home and just take a break for an hour? Is, is it important for me to be able to just take off in the middle? Like I asked myself these questions and, um, and I designed, I designed the lifestyle that I wanted to have. And then all I did is look for the career that will give me the lifestyle I wanted to have. The moment I found it, I knew I'm doing this for like, I know I'm doing this forever. Mm -hmm simply because it gives me the personal life that I want to have. And, that's what it and comes down to. That's what it comes down to. And with our interviews, like we have being a recruitment firm, like I don't even like using the word interviews. It's with the meetings that we have with the job seekers that we see every day, like just in the month of June alone, I just got the stat today. Um, we had 1,551 people apply to our positions that we have between 14 positions, 1,551 people applied. And we looked at every single one of them and spoke. Um, obviously there's people that apply to jobs that aren't even remotely qualified. Um, you get someone who doesn't have any experience in certain things. So we don't end up speaking with them, but we spoke on the phone with, I believe it was 164 people and we had a meeting with them. And always our question that we ask is what are you trying to do personally why are you looking for another job and we remind them we tell them listen i know you're going to try to tell me specifically for this position something that i want to hear well you have the opportunity because we have multiple positions that you may not know about so if you're interviewing with me if you're meeting with me you know i don't want you telling me what you think i want to hear i want to tell you i have multiple things and i really want to get to know what you're trying to accomplish and then I could tell you, you know what, maybe this position is the right one for you because based on what you're telling me, I think you'd be happier here, here. Yep. than this company. And that's where our interviews stem down to, which then it makes, when I actually get someone that career that they want to have, then my customer is automatically happy because their employee is happy to be there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it really, that's why we named our company CPG, which is careers, people growth. We don't focus on getting someone another job. It has to be a choice that they're made a serious decision they're making on the career path they're picking 100 yeah so you mentioned what was this last month that you had this this is for the month of june month of june yeah. so that's obviously a huge win what has been some uh, especially starting out three years ago yeah. there's obviously challenges for you what were those challenges how'd you work through them well i was coming into a space that was very established you know you have my competitors are all great and they've been here for 30 years and here's a guy that's never done this before how, how do you compete right so that was obstacle number one 
Um, and then, you know, from there, obstacle number two is just constantly that reinvesting, right? Um, I'm, I've been very aggressive with my growth that if I've made money, I figure out a way how to spend it on growth. Like, I don't want the money personally, that business has to get it. If I'm, if we increase our revenue is, are we hiring another employee? Are we getting an office? Are we, what are we doing to expand, expand, expand? Um, you know, to the point now we've franchised our business. So Congrats. Um, we've, yeah, so we've sold four, five locations in the last year. We started franchising last year and that's where, how we ended up in Texas, Idaho, um, in Michigan and Alberta and also London, Ontario. Wow. So, um, We've really taken a model that we're now, I want we want to spread the wealth and grow. We want other people to experience what I've experienced in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the biggest challenge, and it still is today, because we always get the question is, you know, we, we deal with recruitment companies all the time. What makes you different, right? And how do you how do you stand out? Because you're entering a, a competitive market, yes. right? Just like me in my business. There's, yes. I don't know how many mortgage agents there are, but yeah. um, in Windsor, but like, how do you stand out? You said there's... Uh, a few so it's in the subtle there's no major there's no major differences there's no major. it's subtle approach subtle small details that i believe were missed um in this industry that so when i first had the idea like i remember like it was yesterday the week of where i'm like i'm starting a recruitment company let's go learn about it like I, I incorporated before I even learned anything about this business <laughs> and what I did and very similarly to, you know, kind of what you're doing right now, you know, learning from other entrepreneurs and how I, when I was in the detailing business, I was always curious asking entrepreneurs about their businesses. When I decided let's go into recruiting, I said, I want to meet anybody that's involved in recruiting. So I met with companies that use recruitment companies, business owners. They know that I'd meet with them and ask them, you know, you've used recruitment companies before. Tell me the good, bad, and the ugly. What did you like? What did you not like? Mm -hmm. um, I met with recruiters that worked at recruiting companies and I asked them, what did you like? What did you not like? Salespeople that worked at recruitment companies, same thing. And I even met with owners of recruitment companies and I asked them, like, tell me the good, bad, and the ugly. Like, I want to start a company. And I was blessed that with having people that were very open to me to share that, mm -hmm. right? And, um, but my formula was, pretty simple. Keep what people liked and get rid of what people didn't like. Mm -hmm. And those were the subtle differences. For example, um, a customer, one of the very first complaints that I've heard that I heard from a customer was anytime I deal with a recruitment company, I don't know who I'm speaking with. It's always an email relationship. Yeah. So, and every few months I have a new recruiter that I got to explain to them what I need. So the very first policy we had was no emails. Every recruiter gives their cell phone number to the customer. And if the customer needs something, they pick up the phone, they call them and our recruiters text with our customers. You have direct access to myself, any of the recruiters, and you get the same recruiter. We don't switch recruiters on you. You have one person, this is who you deal with and here's their cell phone. And you could call them any time of day. And it's the small things that like make the difference. there's yep. so many there's i could give you a hundred other examples of small subtle things that are just as simple as that mm -hmm. that when you package it all it gives a different experience yes right um and that was that was a true there wasn't anything major it was just small subtle things and learning like you know i remember two years into it we learned like okay we have to 
make this shift or that shift. Like it's always learning. Even today, you know, we still find ways of how do we make the experience better, different, more refreshing. Yes. And it's the subtle changes. It never has to be anything major. Absolutely. Ever. We won't go too in depth because we don't want you to give away the secret sauce. It's hey, but uh, we wouldn't have enough time. I'd be telling you if I told you everything. I could, I'm more than. It's not a matter of secret sauce. I'm happy to share it. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, so in my industry, we all could do very well. Like it's there's something about like the recruitment industry. Everyone gets like very competitive, but there's so much business for everybody. There really is. Like I wish everybody well. Like and, I, and there's so much business that we all could do well. And, and I, you know, I wish other companies, some of them, they do do it well. Um, and it's not that they're not doing it well. It's just, we get busy. We, we get into old habits, especially like, I, I know that 30 years into this, I may get caught up with old habits that it's like, this is the way we've always done it. And maybe adapting to the times is different, right? Mm -hmm. Because my perspective as someone new coming in the industry is different than someone who's been here for 30 years. Yep. Someone who's been here for 30 years is working off of what's worked in the past where it's very you have to bring a different muscle group of how could I adapt my business to the time that we're in? Whereas when I was coming in, it's, I'm starting something from scratch. I got to learn. Right. Yep. So um, no, it's, it's subtle differences. And really our customers just want something simple. They want the right employee and they want the process made easy. Yes. However, any one company could use their own style of giving them the person that they wanted and making the process easy. You win. It's just that simple. We're we're not doing anything complicated here, so it yeah. makes sense. So subtle enhancements to the the way you're delivering yes. the service. Um, one final question I want to leave off with. Right now, there's you can't see it, but there's a crystal ball. It's coming in the center of the room. It's right sure. in between us. Ten years from now, yep. If you looked into this imaginary crystal ball, yep. Where would you like to see CPG Recruitment Incorporated? Two hundred locations, franchise, and um, successful locations. 200 successful locations. That's 200 owners that are that are living a wonderful life and have accomplished their dreams. And through the model that we've built today, and um, as far as our customers, um, just being able to build and grow. Like the word "grow" is in our company. Name. Yeah, it's careers people grow. better live by it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I. Um, have, I just went and picked up a check yesterday and usually I told the, uh, the owner of the company, I said to him, um, I said, normally when I come to pick up a check, I usually, he's in the food industry. So I'm like, I usually bring food, but I didn't know what to bring you. And he said to me, he's like, you didn't need to bring me anything. You've helped me and got me out of a pinch. You've that, those, the more times I could hear that when someone's happy, like so happy when they pay yeah, and they're like, you helped me. Thank you. That's what we're doing here. You know, our business, we grew it. I don't spend money on marketing. Like we've now I've been doing the videos and just yep. adapting to it. But the first three years, no one even knew what I was. They thought I was Christian, the car wash guy still. No one knew what we were doing. And we were building it off of fixing problems and mm -hmm. having successful people that are owners, having a successful story with us. And, you know, they could depend on us. I want to be like their go-to mechanic, their go-to plumber. Anytime something happens, they call yeah. me. You're the guy. Right? I'm the guy. Yes. So that's what it is. 10 years, I, I just want to have more of that, more customers, and just happy people being here. And it's most importantly, I want my existing people that are with me to be there in 10 years. Yes. I, I don't want to be with a different team. Employee retention is huge. That's, I've been with the same team since day one. Our team has been growing. We've lost one person in the three years that we're here, and that's because she had to move. She wanted to move to Halifax. And but if that had never happened, she would still be here today. We still, when we go to Halifax, we pay her a visit every time. Yeah, for sure. And, um, 
Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I'd like to have is be with the same team and all of us succeed together. I love it. And I mean, it's, uh, when I asked you, you knew right away, this is where I want to be 10 years from now, uh, 20 locations, right? Yeah. 200. Um, <laughs> 200 yes i know that's 200. Sh- too short of a goal you're probably yes. already close 200. to 20 now um, but really i just want to leave off with if you are an employer and you are in a pinch and mm-hmm. you're you're trying to rate you're trying to find the right staff that fit your company's needs give uh give christian saab a, a call uh, his team will definitely help you and i uh, just want to thank you for your time this was an awesome interview and i think those watching learned a lot i learned a lot yeah. and for anyone that wants to rewatch it, just go to coffeewithcraner.com and I look forward to seeing everyone soon. Thanks so much. I'm proud of you, my friend. Thank you. You're doing great. I really am. Thank you for having me.